This month of May to all of you joining us on this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Coming to you live from the studio here at St. Gabriel is Father Stosh Daly, joined on air by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Chuck and Joanne, we're entering into this first Friday of another month, but we're also entering into the first Friday of the month of May. Yeah. A month dedicated to Our Lady. So it's always beautiful that we begin with the morning offering prayer, a prayer given to us, the whole church. Uh, to unite ourselves to the prayers of the Mass. So as we begin this special Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite all of those joining us to join us as we enter into this hour by praying the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. 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 Now, Chuck and Joanne, we're entering into what could possibly be, probably is... Definitely, probably my favorite month because it's Our Lady's month. <laughs> oh yes, it's I a month agree, of uh, month of I spring. It's, it's the month of Our Lady. Time. Exactly, it's the month of ordinations. It's the month of first communions. Mm-hmm. It's the month of life. It's the month of love. You know, the flowers start really blooming once the uh, rain and cold allow them to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, as we watch the wrestling match in creation take place, you know, the, the sun is wrestling with the clouds and the flowers are wrestling with the grass. And I mean, it's I just beautiful. I think the beautiful. sun is losing this morning, Father. <laughs> well, it's still early on in the day. So. I know. And what's beautiful is today, just in response to what is uh, going on in the world, the bishops of the United States of America and the bishops of Canada have decided to renew their consecration of the countries, their respective countries, to Our Lady, uh, Mother of Mankind. That's today, right, Today, exactly. And it's just incredibly beautiful that on one day, just one day, so much is being celebrated. It's the first day of the month of Our Lady, Mary, Mm -hmm. our Mother and our Queen. It's the first Friday of the month, a day dedicated to giving reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Today is also the Feast of St. Joseph, the worker, Mm. And then here today, we also get to participate over uh, radio or TV. We get to participate in union with the bishops who are renewing the consecration of our country to the Blessed Virgin Mary. You know, a lot of people uh, perhaps have heard but may not remember that our patroness is Our Lady under the title of the Immaculate Conception. Mm. But it's so beautiful that we are going to be participating in and uniting ourselves to the bishops of our country who are renewing the consecration to, of our country to Our Lady. What, what time is that, Father? I believe it's at noon, right? 3 p.m. our time. 3, 3 p.m. What? our time. It's noon in California, but 3 p.m. in our time. Oh, 3 p.m. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, the now, president Father, of bishops is in California. What is the difference between <clears throat> a consecration and an enthronement? That's a very beautiful question. Uh, so a consecration literally means to set aside or to set apart. Mm-hmm. And that which has been set apart will then be rendered holy. So when we're saying that we're consecrating or renewing the consecration of our country to our, liter- our, to our Lady, literally what we're saying is we are setting ourselves apart from the rest of the created order as something that we are making a gift to her. 
We are making ourselves a gift to her. We're placing ourselves under her special protection because she is the Immaculata. She is the one conceived without sin. So like her, we want to be set apart like her and to be holy, totally given over, totally focused upon the Lord. But uh, using the words of St. Maximilian Marie Kolbe, we're, we're actually becoming a possession of hers. So as a country. As a country. Absolutely. Wow. And really, uh, as you know, not only uh, United States of America, but also uh, Canada as well. So you have two huh. massive geographically sized mm-hmm. countries, uh, the bishops of which are saying, we are renewing our consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, what about South America? Have they ever done that? That's a very good question. Uh, as a result of the different presence of religious orders that accompanied those who are exploring Central and South America, you know, there's already, and there has been uh, since the faith was brought to these lands, a very, very deep and filial love for the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially under the title of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, so I'm not exactly particularly sure what the bishops in those particular mm-hmm. countries are doing, but uh, the faith and the piety and the devotion to Our Lady definitely is shared across the borders. Okay. Now, what about the enthronement, Father? Sure. That, you don't enthrone Mary. Correct. That's a very good distinguishing mark. Yeah. So we consecrate ourselves. We can consecrate ourselves to Our Lady. We can consecrate ourselves to Our Lord. We can consecrate ourselves to Good Saint Joseph. Today's his feast day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we say the word enthronement, that's a particular uh, statement. We're acknowledging the kingship that belongs uniquely and distinctly to Jesus. Mm. And it's really rooted in the Old Testament, going back to the kingship of David. We acknowledge Mm. that in his kingship there was something particularly powerful. Uh, I think I'm losing it. I hear bells. But are those on (laughs) your side or my... (laughs) Okay, so I probably am still losing it, but this time... (laughs) I'm looking at... Thank you for explaining that. I think many people have that question, and um, that's a beautiful explanation, and now I understand. Well, and especially since like a word like consecrate or consecration mm-hmm. or enthronement or enthroning, these are pretty much only used within a religious context anymore. And so, you know, it just kind of, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to revisit them, to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of what they mean and their significance and what they can play in our lives. Now, Father, um, when was the last time, do you know, when the renewal of the consecration of the United States and Canada was by the bishops? I heard it was around 1950, but I'm not sure. That's uh, what I had heard as well. I know it was before I was born. Okay. <laughs> so, before you were born. Yes. I was. Yeah. So, well, so this is not something that happened every no, it's, 10 years. Exactly. No, this, years. Is, no. this is really a monumental step, and it's very, uh, it's very much a powerful, an incredibly powerful statement on the part of the bishops of our country mm. and the bishops of the country of Canada. And, you know, and this really, it shows us the power of prayer. I mean, mm. when we unite ourselves in praying for the bishops— for them to remain totally open to the guidance and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Archbishop Gomez from Los Angeles, would have, I mean, a beautiful, a beautiful soul, a man who truly loves Our Lady and the Sacred Heart of Jesus, having met him several times, especially in different environments uh, pertaining to the Sacred Heart, uh, a man who has completely and totally given over to Our Lady. So as president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, I find it not a surprise at all that he in union with his brother bishops who are devoted to Our Lady, would guide and spearhead this effort to renew the consecration of our, our country to Our Lady. 
And also, Father, as we talk, you know, this is the Sacred Heart Hour for the people listening. And um, with any questions you have, and we're going to get into a couple ways that you can uh, follow up on getting uh, your home and your family enthroned. Uh, but first of all, you go to enthronements.com, enthronements.com. And um, for people listening also, today is a special day uh, with the beginning of the month with St. Joseph Father also, because what I see is everything goes back to Christ. Everything goes back to his heart. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. And Mary brings us to Jesus, St. Joseph, the father, the protector, the teacher, the leader of the Holy Family. What's he doing? He's doing everything for Jesus. And so this this time of our calendar, to me, is really a, a special. But for people listening, you might have a question. What is the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and why? And I think, Father, if you can help our people again, because I know we have new listeners. I know we have a lot of people at home today. And uh, maybe we go through why the enthronement is so important today, particularly today. Yeah. Well, once again, it's not only acknowledging that Jesus is Lord or that Jesus is King or that he is um, the Savior, but when we enthrone the Sacred Heart in our homes, we are pulling that lordship, that kingship, we're pulling that into the very place where we dwell. And so it's making a deeper union between who we are and where we are and who he is and where he is. You know, uh, we, we, we hear the word, the Lord speak in the New Testament and the Gospels. Um, and we see over and over again, especially in the Easter season, just how much he wants people. He wants mm-hmm. us for himself. And yet, you know, when we live in our home, uh, while there might be a handle on the outside of the door, it really can only be opened by the person who lives there. Mm. And so when you enthrone the sacred heart of Jesus in your home, whether you live on your own, whether you're with your spouse, whether you're with your family, whether you're in a house, an apartment, a condominium, a dorm room, a nursing room, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you are the one who lives there, and it's really up to you to make that statement that you want there to be a deep union between who you are and who he is, where you live and where he dwells. And that enthronement acknowledges that you are asking his kingship to be brought into where you live. You want where you live to be a part of his kingdom. You know, Father, I know, again, uh, Bishop Brennan early on said, I want to invite all to do something special this Easter season and throne your home or renew your enthronement Absolutely. for the sacred heart of Jesus. Yep. So as we are a church, we are an obedient church. Uh, what a great proclamation oh, to wonderful. helping families. And for those listening, there are three ways to do it. You can go to enthronements.com or welcomeisheart.com websites. And uh, this is being brought to you by St. Gabriel Radio. And they have home enthronement packets up at St. Gabriel Radio, which is on Winterset Drive, right off of Henderson. Or you can go on and download the home enthronement booklet. Um, or you can go ahead and order one, and we will ship it out. And I know the <clears> month <throat> of April, Father, we had a record month mm. of, of people downloading, people picking up. 
uh, home enthronement packets, and missionaries are working with them uh, to make sure that uh, they can continue to enthrone their home. And I think, Father, that time, and we've talked about this and maybe helped people through this, but when that angel of death was coming and they said, you know, you need to put the, the blood of the, the Lamb of Christ on your lintel, over your lintel, I think today it's a great day to say, well, how many would do that? And all we're saying is put Jesus at the center of your home, particularly during these times. It's true. And, you know, for those, there are already so many, so many households and people and families that have the Sacred Heart in their home. And to you, I, I would just simply encourage you, invite you to consider, you know, taking that image of the Sacred Heart and moving it. Yeah. We become so uh, used to where things are at in our lives, whether it's, you know, our schedules or where we have placed our furniture and the pictures and, you know, even where we store things in the kitchen or in the cupboard. But we don't want to become, quote unquote, you know, used to. We don't become too mm-hmm. commonplace with the reality that the heart of Jesus has been exposed in our home. And so changing it up a bit, especially in this month of May, or like in response to the bishop's invitation to renew our devotion, our consecration, our enthronement of the Sacred Heart, to renew all of this, uh, you know, a lot of that can be facilitated just by moving the picture to a new and place. Father, you have shared in the past, and it's been a beautiful awareness of a di- different times in history when through persecution or now, you know, isolation, that we couldn't receive the sacraments and we couldn't receive the uh, Eucharist. That, you know, having that image in our home, that enthronement that we've, you know, purposely invited our Lord is more than just a picture. Oh, so much more. Yeah, and the the other thing is, you know... um, I, as a priest uh, right now, you know, people are calling or emailing, um, trying to be present to them, you know, and (laughs) as you can only imagine, Um, you know, and it, uh, we're living in a moment of incredible opportunity uh, Mm. because I'm trying to stay in touch with parishioners and people who come to Mass, uh, and you can see that uh, many people are struggling because they're at the breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know, the anxiety, the isolation, uh, things that are just not in our control are totally out of control. Um, and I always, you know, I, I take that opportunity to invite them. It's like, where is the Lord in your life? Where is the Lord in your home? Uh, and I'm not asking a question in protest. I'm asking in a spirit of invitation, go back to the sacred heart of Jesus, you know, this isn't a moment to beat yourself up because you're not where you think you should be spiritually. It's an opportunity and humility to just return to the Lord. And and oftentimes, you know, they've done the enthronement. And it's like renew the enthronement. Mm-hmm. Remember, in the prayers of the enthronement, we say we acknowledge you, O Lord, as King, brother, and friend of this household. Well, in this period of great uh, anxiety and nervousness and trying nerves. It's one thing to say that he is king, brother, and friend, but now we really have to acknowledge and make sure that he is the king, brother, and friend of that household. And, and you know, it's not, as we can all testify and, you know, and give witness to, it's not always easy to measure up to those words that we say, but the, mm. the fruit of that is 
the Lord carries the burden with us. And because he's with us, there's incredible hope. We're not alone. We might might be apart from our neighbors, but we're not separated from the Lord. He is there. You know, Father, I know Joanne and I were talking, and one of the ways that has helped us get through, and uh, I have this calendar 44 days now, (laughs) and uh, my family quarantined us 44 days ago, ago. But, you know, it's really setting up your daily routine. It's true. And I think with today, the, uh, with the Internet and EWTN, we know that we can begin the morning in prayer, and then we watch the streaming line mass, and then 3 o'clock the Divine Mercy, and then 7 o'clock the Rosary. And by doing that, it does two things. One, it just brings you attuned to the Lord and your faith, and you're not alone, but it also makes each day better. It's true. Uh, oh, yeah. there's a discipline. There's a yep. flow in your day. There's a unity in your day, and it's around prayer. And um, I do love that suggestion, too, of moving the picture, moving the statue, and now with May, making a little, you know, May altar. Exactly. Because yep. when, you, when you enter into those places, it really does trigger, this is, okay, this is my time with you, Lord, or, you yep. know, Mary, this is, this is what I have on my heart. And I think we, you know, we're human, and we do respond to the beauty around us and uh, holy reminders. Absolutely. And if we don't have any holy reminders, you can, I think now, and tell me if I'm wrong, go on the Internet even and download a picture. Sure. Or, you know, go up to St. Gabriel for sure and get that home enthronement, which has a picture of our Lord. Have holy reminders in your home. I'm finding some in drawers I'm cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the cleaning, I I wonder how many people out there could identify with, you know, me getting so bored that I rearrange the furniture in every room. And then three days later, (laughs) I go back and rearrange it back to the way it was. And it's like, oh, that's why this is the reason why I had it this way. (laughs) And then I change it up again. You know, Father, you mentioned this this month in Keeping the Flame, which is a newsletter for our listeners Mm. put out every month uh, by the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. And it goes out to now almost 4,000. Wow. Uh, But the beauty of that, and if you do not have that, all you have to do is go on enthronements.com or Welcome His Heart and just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it every month. But you mentioned, I thought it was interesting, I'm the convert that Mary is more mother than queen. Oh, yeah, sure. The quote from St. Therese. Yeah, I will see you. And it just helped me understand that a little bit more. Sure. And you know what? For so many of our brothers and sisters in the Christian faith who perhaps are not united to us as Catholics— but they do share discipleship uh, and following Jesus. And even for a lot of Catholics, you know, who perhaps were just maybe through no fault of their own, deprived of the fullness of catechesis, you know, when it comes to the person of Our Lady, oftentimes there is an acknowledgement that it's like, okay, she, she did something special. She did something beautiful. But we have to remember that she's not reduced to what she did. Mm. She's worthy of our love because of who she is. 
She's loved by God, God the Father. She's loved by God the Son. She's loved by God the Holy Spirit. And when we zero in on each person of the Trinity and how they love her, the Father loves her as a daughter. The Son loves her because she is his mother. The Holy Spirit loves her because she is the perfect disciple. She's his spouse. Um, and so when we look at that, uh, how we look at Our Lady, it's important that we not necessarily just reduce her to what she has done, what she is doing, or what she will do in our lives or the life of the Church, or even the life of our Lord, but rather that we look at her for who she is. She's a beautiful, shining example of how to be faithful, how to be a disciple, and how to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And when we as Catholic Christians look at Our Lady, we see her first for who she is, and then we are won over by her maternity, her maternal affection, first for our Lord, God in the flesh. And you know, Chuck came up with something last night. We were watching the uh, Bishop Barron, Michelangelo, Mm. uh, and, you know, the beautiful sculptures, the beautiful, the Pieta in particular. But, you know, we started talking about women and about sometimes radical feminism that's gone off track, and especially if Mary is not in the church, their church, or our lives, because she also really gives us that example of what it is to be truly a woman, and truly a woman, which is a woman of God and a woman of virtue. And her tremendous love and humility, and and just um, all her characteristics are really when I'm um, speaking as a woman. When we try to emulate the Blessed Mother, uh, there is a uh, a change. Mm-hmm. There's a change in our heart. There's a change in our um, our actions because we have the the perfect disciple to follow. We have the sinless one, the holy one, and she's a woman. Yeah. Is that off track, Father? I don't think so. I'll get on that train. (laughs) That's why we need you. I don't don't think so. I mean, you know, you remind me of a conversation I had yesterday with a young man who's discerning the priesthood, and I told him, you know, I said, we're going into the month of May tomorrow. It's the month of Our Lady. I said, you know, where is your love for her, and how do you express that love? And, mm. and I told him, I said, you know, Greg, you have to keep in mind, um, any priest who fails, mm. any priest who disobeys, any priest who is um, unfaithful to the Lord, he's any of that. He could be all of that, unfortunately, mm. because he was first far from her. See, the, in order for the mm-hmm. priest to be strong and be faithful, he has to see in the eyes of Mary his mother. Mm. And before he can ever, ever relish the term of being called father, he has to always be humbled by the fact that she calls him her son. And oh, that is beautiful. that's what keeps Makes the man sense. who is priest grounded. That's what keeps the man who is the priest real. And that's what keeps yeah. the man who is a priest really faithful. And when we, go, when we look at Mary as mother... You know, we as Catholic Christians, we have to remember this isn't just like mindless piety. No, Mm. this goes back to the Old Testament. Mm. King uh, David and then Solomon, you know, they revolutionized the way that kingdoms were lived 
compared、mm. to the tribes around them. So, compared to other tribes where the queen might have been the first of the many different wives of the king,、mm. no, with David and Solomon, the queen was not one of the wives. The queen was the mother of the king.、Mm. And because of her maternity, because of her maternal love and affection and protection over the king, she is then the queen. She has the wisdom. She has the love. She has the guidance. She's got、and、the guts. That was new. That was totally new. That was something、oh. that was not common. But see what happens. Jesus is the fulfillment of the kingship of David. So when we highlight that Jesus is like in the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, we say Jesus is my King. He is my brother. He is my friend. He is the Savior. He is Lord. But he's King, brother, and friend. When we highlight the kingship of Jesus, what does that mean? In His kingdom, He is Lord. He is King. Who is the Queen? His mother, his mother is、And、the queen. I just want to challenge everybody listening. As Father said, probably a lot of you have had your home enthroned, and this might be a great month to call somebody that you know.、Mm. And when they say, "Gee, it is difficult right now. We're struggling as a family. Whatever," invite them to enthrone their home. Invite them to go to enthronements or welcome his heart, or send them. Uh, a kit, or have pick one up for them, because you know this is the reason why Jesus gave us His heart, because He knew that every family would need Him、uh, and need the graces that He promises for those that expose and honor His heart. So go to enthronements.com, go to welcome His heart. Learn more and see some wonderful videos. And Father, truly, your videos are really inspiring, but they're informative. And I know, as a former convert, the biggest question when I came over is, "Well, now you're going to worship Mary." Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you help us to understand? We don't <clears throat> worship Mary. No, and you know what? That is a question that is raised by so many people,、uh, Protestant and Catholic alike, and it just comes down to、uh, really a misunderstanding, right? Because when we say pray, you know, there's different kinds of prayer. There's the prayer that would be best translated from the Latin "latria," which means worship, and that may only be given to God. The prayer that is worship can only be given to God, the Most High God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then you have a kind of prayer that is an acknowledgement of holiness or worthy of veneration and emulation. Like we want to be with them. That's the kind of prayer that we offer to the saints, to the Blessed Virgin Mary as Mother and Queen. But you know what? It's also tied up with intercessory prayer. I mean, Chuck and Joanne, how often in our friendship have the three of us said, "Okay,、um, I need you know, I really, really need prayer. Would the two of you mind praying with me, praying、yeah. for me, praying over this?" Okay, well, here's the thing: like, I I have some friends who you know are Protestant, non-denominational, and they'll say, "Well, I, I just don't understand why you need to go to ask Mary for prayers. Why don't you just go straight to Jesus?" I said, "I'll keep that in mind, and I'll never ask you to pray with me or for me again." <laughs> Because I know Mary's in heaven and you're not, so if I'm going to have to pick between the two, I'm going to go with her because I know where she is and I don't know where you're going to end up. You know,、um, so I remember that one. Yeah, you might save it till after COVID's passed.、Um, we're trying to rebuild the bonds of unity here. You know, <laughs> so, but I think it's, it just goes back to that prayer. You know, and、yeah. when we pray, when we ask Our Lady, when we turn to Our Lady, we are not worshiping her. But we are acknowledging how she worships the Lord, and we want 
her, we ask her, we entrust ourselves to her to bring us to him as only a mother can bring an intention to her son, as only a disciple can bring an intention to the Lord, and as only the queen can bring something to the king. Boy, we need to be reminded of all these things, and this is uh, so important, Father. I really appreciate this morning you explaining uh, heading into May and some of these basic things that we can just either we've sort of forgotten them or we're not sure how to explain them to others. And this is a great time. Sure. I think I think we are in a special moment of grace for the whole world that we are like in timeout. We are in a pause. We are in a retreat. And it's how we use that time. And one thing that just really touches my heart with the sacred heart is divine providence. Because, you know, in the past, for what, seven years, we really had missionaries needed to go into homes. It's true. And that was our model. And it's a good model. It's the best model, really. But now, you know, providentially, we have an opportunity for families and for households to have, you know, a self-enthronement, a home enthronement that, you know, because missionaries are not able to come into homes, but they are able to be there as support. Uh, They certainly have a role, maybe a larger role because of the numbers now, more than we could have ever imagined. But this all happened before the virus. (laughs) And that's that's where, you know, it gives me, it really strengthens my faith for so many things. And even for this virus to say, no, all things work to the good. That's true. For those who love God. Yep. Everything works to the good. Even our call to surrender and obey and humble ourselves that, you know, we're not the bishops, we're not the priests, we're not the presidents, but we, you know, we're praying for them for guidance. So I, I'm actually excited about this moment. You know, Chuck and Joanne, this hour goes so fast. Uh Yeah, you got it. (laughs) And I know the program director is pointing at you. Five, four. So in closing, should we put a shout out to the Franciscan jet or is that the second session? Well, you just, you know, you just revealed yourself, Chuck. I gave a shout out through Maximilian Colbe and Dave Warsborn threw up his double thumbs, you know, so (laughs) we got the shout out. The Franciscan have appeared as the San Damiano cross is staring at me through this plexiglass window that's protecting me from everybody and everybody from me. Um, you know, that's the thing about this hour, the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio. It, we're just family, so it goes fast. It goes so fast. So as we bring to a close this first half of the hour, uh, we invite our listeners, those who are joining us, to unite um, your hearts to ours as we pray to the Sacred Heart on this uh, first Friday of the month of May. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, 
and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. It's hard not to stress out about everything going on in your life. How am I going to pay this bill? What about the problems in my marriage? My kids failing a class and the future. Ah, I'm not ready for the future. You ever notice that when you're in that headspace, you're a big mess? That's because there's no grace in that headspace. God is the God of now. He gives you the grace you need to deal with real life right now. He's not giving you the grace to deal with everything all at once because guess what? You don't have to take on everything all at once. Life is lived one day at a time. Scripture says, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light from my path. It doesn't say his word is a flashlight to see far down the road. Put one foot in front of the other and stay in the present. That's where God is. Stay there with him and you'll be in a place of grace. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse. I wouldn't be the father. wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday of the month, this month of May, a month dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary as Mother and Queen. It's also... As May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. On this first Friday of the month, we turn our attention to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And as we begin this second segment of this Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, this is Father Stosh Daly coming to you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel, joined on air by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. So, Chuck and Joanne, as we enter into this next segment, uh, before we get to some of our uh, conversation matter to share with our listeners, we turn to the Sacred Heart and seek His protection and His blessing in this time of trial. O good Jesus, You are the Most High God, everlasting and always loving. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore Thy Most Sacred Heart, to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need, your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of Christians, health of the sick, 
we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. So we've been covering a lot of material today, going over the power, the beauty of Our Lady as Mother and Queen. We highlighted how later on today, all of our listeners are encouraged and invited to tune in again at about 2.50 p.m. when, from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, Sister John Paul, who is the superior of the community of sisters at St. Michael's and the principal of the school there, will join Bishop Brennan, our bishop here in the Diocese of Columbus, as they do a lead-in to the 3 p.m., Renewal of Consecration to Our Lady on behalf of Mm. the United States of America, joining ourselves, of course, to the effort that's also taking place north of the border. And that's not in Michigan. That's actually north of the border in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) For those Ohioans who think the border stops there. Um, And what's beautiful is at 3.30, following the renewal, Bishop Brennan and Sister John Paul will then do a wrap-up just covering some of the highlights and explaining some of the details. So we have this incredible opportunity for prayer, for unity, for solidarity, uh, and that'll be taking place at about 2.50 p.m. this afternoon, today, on Friday, May 1st, this first Friday of the month, uh, first Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Well, and Father, I know we spent a lot of time on Mary but I'm just looking at St. Joseph the Worker. I know, he's always quiet. He's always in the corner, right? We, gotta and, give him, we have I, to give him some we, stage we need time. We to bring him to the forefront <laughs> because know, this true. is his feast day. <laughs> so true. And uh, I know you've been giving, uh, you've given one talk, and then you've been on hold uh, for the Catholic Men's Luncheon I on St. Joseph mm. and the first talk. Yep. And as we enter in, again, for our listeners, this is Sacred Heart, our uh, you can go on enthronements.com or Welcome His Heart. You can stop by St. Gabriel Radio and pick up a home enthronement packet. You can go on and order one, or you can download one off of those websites. It's a great time. And this is a quote from St. John Paul II. The contemporary world is threatened in various ways. It is perhaps threatened more than it has been at any other time in the course of history. And Father, so what that leads us to is we need Jesus more than ever. It's true. We do. And to follow the example of someone like St. Joseph, if we consider all that he had to stay strong in the midst of, Mm. everything he had to rise above. I mean, if we can just take a moment and think today, St. Joseph the worker, um, he wasn't just trying to earn some money he was trying to provide for the basic needs of God in the flesh. Mm. He wanted to make sure that the Christ child had a safe place to dwell, had good food, nourishing food, and that the mother, Our Lady, St. Joseph's wife, was also cared for. So Joseph knew the demands of life, and Joseph knew how anxiety from worldly affairs can so easily overwhelm us, and yet he maintained his fidelity. He was a man deeply rooted in prayer, uh, a faithful man, a righteous man, a just man, you know, and through, uh, especially for all of us today who work, today, St. Joseph the Worker, we're called to remember that our labor, our work, is not supposed to be seen as a form of slavery, but rather an expression of our talents and of our gifts. Um, mm. And where so many people today are devalued and they're just seen basically as a functionary of a bigger system, 
Joseph, his example speaks volumes to the Christian worker that, no, our task, our work, our labor is supposed to be an expression of our dignity, of our talent, of our gift. And St. Joseph, while he's quiet, doesn't say anything in the New Testament, um, his example, his witness speaks volumes, especially to the men of today who uh, are in such desperate need of that good, wholesome direction and fatherly care and example and witness of fidelity and discipleship that St. Joseph offers us. You know, Father, I know um, as uh, the Catholic men's ministry is looking at putting St. Joseph as our patron, as the person uh, that we need to follow, and there's always uh, the four, what I call, the four legs of the stool, and what St. Joseph did and what, you know, we're called to do, and one was he protected the Holy Family, and two was, as you mentioned, he provided for the Holy Family, and three was he was the leader, and fourth was he was the teacher. And maybe help people understand this is not about we're going to the men dominance of man or masculinity. No, this is what we're called to. This is our vocation. Our, our occupation is work, but our vocation is being like a St. Joseph. It's so true. And keep in mind, there's no such thing as a coincidence when you live life as a Catholic Christian, as a disciple of Jesus. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Here we are on the first Friday of the month of May. First Friday is automatically dedicated to the heart of whom? Jesus. Uh, the first Friday, the first day of the month of May, a month dedicated to Our Lady. And then today is the first. It's the Feast of St. Joseph. It's the Holy Family. And so each of us, whether, you know, regardless of where we're at on this uh, program, whether we're a producer, you know, a coordinator, a host, you know, a participant, a co-host, a listener, no, it doesn't matter where we are, uh, we are all invited and we're all supposed to be members of the Holy Family, you know, where Christ is at the center, Mary is the mother, Joseph is our father. And Joseph's example is so particularly powerful and beautiful because it's restorative, it's restorative for an authentic masculinity that uh, can so easily be scarred and wounded, diminished and destroyed, or deleted and denied. But what's beautiful is, you know, the family needs the father, the family needs the mother. So when we look at the beauty of fidelity found in St. Joseph, we're not far from the beauty and the fidelity of the maternity of Our Lady, you know? And, you know, if families do not have... A, a father or a mother. I'm thinking of John Paul II exactly. when he lost his mother. Exactly. And he really, he it really brought him closer to the Blessed Mother and saying, you know, my maternal mother is not here, but you will be my mother. And look what she did for him. That you know, or if you have a relationship out there that is really broken. Mm-hmm. And and really struggling with a father or a mother, you know, cling to Saint Joseph, cling to the Blessed Mother, in um, in a even a new way, even in a deeper way, and and that they will help heal. But I think you know, in, in your in your example, which and is perfect, give you a healthy and a holy example to follow that will not let you down. 
But I think, you know, one of the things you highlight, John Paul II. Now, Father, I'm still thinking about Chuck saying four legs of the stool. I've always heard three legs. Did he add an extra leg? He paid extra for it. You're not in our men's group. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> The, Father, um, are you there? I, I am here. Can you hear me? Are you, oh, I think in? we lost them. <laughs> or maybe they lost us. They lost us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that uh, Joanne highlights is, you know, John Paul II, his father, his father took him to the Shrine of Our Lady and said, she will be your mother. You know, she will be your mother now. Um, because uh, young Carol's mother, Emilia, had died uh, in childbirth or just after childbirth. Um but even like that example, right, of uh, John Paul II's father, now a widower, taking his young boy, uh, Carol, to the shrine and pointing out Our Lady and saying, you know, your mother has died, but now the Blessed Virgin Mary will be your mother as you continue through life. And we find that hitting its climax, really, uh, when he takes the throne of St. Peter as Pope John Paul II, and he, his motto is, totus tuus, totally yours, because he was making of himself a gift to Our Lady only in response to the fact that she had already taken him as her son because he's a disciple of Jesus. So I, you know, I love that example of uh, Joanne highlighting how John Paul II took Our Lady as his uh, mother in the death, after the death of his uh, biological mom, Amelia. Uh, you know, and it's a perfect example. But once again, we go back to the example of his father, John Paul II's father, his father had that beautiful fidelity, like St. Joseph, to mm. direct to something bigger, to direct to something beautiful, mm. something good. And when um, Carol Boitiba's father, you know, saw the heartache of his little boy having lost yeah. his mom, and he understood the heartache of losing his wife, it's like, all is not lost. Mary is here. Yeah. Mary is still here. And you highlighted earlier, you know, and it's such a good thing, you know. To encourage all of our listeners, enthrone the Sacred Heart, move the Sacred Heart, change things up a bit so that you don't take anything for granted. But we're in the month of May. Uh, Have that May altar. Mm. Make a little shrine in the home. Mm. Maybe it's in the kitchen where everyone crisscrosses back and forth. Uh, Take the the simple, maybe even the little cracked or dinged up statue of Our Lady because Mm. she's been uh, well-worn by the children in the home. But that's the image of Our Lady for the home, and just put a simple little shrine there. Mm. Uh, You know... There's no need to uh, feel like you have to go get a fancy bouquet of flowers. If you can, great. If not, just go out to the backyard and pick up whatever you can. I mean, one of my favorite memories is watching my uh, sister when she was really little. She just went and picked the dandelions, you know, (laughs) and gave them to Our Lady. And it's like, it's really the little things that are done with great love. Mm. The little things done with great love. You know, I know, Father, we have some other feast days. And I was thinking as we come up to Our Lady of Fatima... May 13th, I was thinking last year of the procession. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it seems to me, there is there a procession or not this year? I have not heard anything, uh, primarily because of the guidelines regarding social distancing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know the conversations about the, you know, what has become the annual May 13th Fatima procession mm-hmm. primarily is, you know, looking for, well, the good thing is Our Lady appeared every month on the 13th (laughs) from May to October. So God willing, he'll allow us to have the annual procession maybe, you know, maybe in October um, Mm. when things have become stabilized and more secure and healthy. 
Um, but you're right, you know, such a beautiful event in the life of the local church is that May 13th procession from Holy Family to St. Patrick's. And definitely a beautiful day to unite with your fellow uh, disciples and fellow Catholics and to pray the rosary to you know, a beautiful, I mean, this month, you're right, Chuck, it's so rich with feast days and celebrations and uh, things to consider and make our own. Now, now, Father, this is another question. You know, we have Mary, but now we have Our Lady of Guadalupe, we have Our Lady of Fatima. Help our listeners, particularly those that are maybe not Catholic, understand there's only one lady. <laughs> it's true. It's Our Lady. She just has a really big closet. So she'll wear different dresses for different places, you know? Um, and the different feast days that have the different names, like Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, Our Lady of Shostakova, Our Lady of Lourdes, um, you know, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, these, these special, these are all titles, titles given to Our Lady because it's either a place where she has appeared or it's um, a place of significance, like Our Lady Shostakova. Our Lady did not appear there, but that's where the miraculous icon that St. Luke wrote uh, is there enshrined. Um, you know, and you, you have places of special devotion, or they highlight an experience in her life, like Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, mm. it's, the, it's the reality of Our Lady taking baby Jesus up the steps to the temple, and Simeon encounters her and lets her know that a sword will pierce her heart, you know, as she's carrying her child. Well, you know, 30-something years later, that sword yeah. not only pierced the heart of Jesus, his sacred heart, it also pierced her heart watching her son die. And so a title, these titles, you're right, Chuck. I mean, it can be a bit overwhelming. You're like, well, how many different Our Ladies are there? Well, it's one, one disciple, one woman who is our mother, she who is our queen, and the different people from different countries, they respond to her, and oftentimes they will place upon her a title of where she appeared or what she has done or how she has uh, manifested her, her benevolence towards us. Uh, she even children. looked different it's than, true. under her yeah. different apparitions. Like because she Guadalupe wants her children to see her as mother. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's one of the beautiful things. Yeah, there's a universality to her maternity, a mm. universality to her maternity and her love. Now, yeah. Father, as we go further... Uh, we're still in Easter. That we are. And uh, we have the Ascension of the Lord, May 24th, followed by Pentecost. And so when does Easter end, Father? Easter will end with Pentecost. The Easter season will end then, yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's very uh, powerful that our first public Masses will be offered on Pentecost Sunday, you know? Very powerful. Wow, oh, yes. And what a great that time. And I also, and I know, Father, you probably, the beauty of our church is called obedience. And I think if this is the, uh, what the bishops have come up with, then it's all important for all of us to be obedient to it, but also to say, what can we do for this month to really enrich our lives and prepare to receive Jesus on Pentecost? I think we should wear red. <laughs> Oh, well, no, for Pentecost. Oh, for Pentecost. The oh, tongues of fire descending the upon all earth. red people wearing red for Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit! I, well, I'm going to wear red. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm wearing red because I'm going to wear the vest. I know you're so. wearing red. <laughs> That's two of us, Father. <laughs> no, but anyway, yeah, it's a great time, and the ascension. 
you know, we're still in some wonderful readings. And for our listeners today, Sacred Heart Hour, we're talking about uh, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. Jesus is the heart, but also on this beautiful day of May the 1st, beginning of the month of Mary, St. Joseph the Worker, and so forth. But I think Ascension says this is why we have faith, is he rose from the dead. Right, and to where he goes, we are all called to follow. Mm. Exactly, right. Father, I think we need Chuck. He does kind of keep us on track. Oh, he's definitely the playground monitor. He's <laughs> that engineer in him. He can't help it. <laughs> my, my, my contract is up, so I'll put a good word in with St. Gabriel. <laughs> I'll see about the renewal ag- arrangements. I'll see if we can double your pay or something. <laughs> yeah, it's out, already out of this world. <laughs> but I think we're, we're challenging our listeners to get into a daily routine mm. during this time and put Jesus, as Father said, have your Mary altar, Mary shrine, uh, put the Sacred Heart back into another room, uh, start praying. And one thing is uh, to maybe come to a finish or a closure on this program is at Holy Hour, we have the image of the Sacred Heart in our home. It's true, mm. yeah. That is the Eucharist. Let's spend one hour a week in front of it, holy hour with the family. You know, and Chuck, you bring up an excellent point because uh, early on when the enthronement of the Sacred Heart started to really take form and take shape, Father Matteo, who's really the great uh, disciple, the great apostle of what today we call the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, one of the powerful practices he commended was the nighttime adoration, nocturnal adoration, especially on Thursday night going into Friday. And the idea was to spend an hour at night in prayer uh, in the presence of an image of the Sacred Heart in your home and to really unite yourself to our Lord who is in the agony in the garden following the Last Supper on Thursday, uh, heading into Friday, the day of his Passion. And, you know, Father Matteo did that kind of building upon our time. You know, like we have this rhythm of time. And sometimes people will say, you know, Father, I'm just not really sure what to do about my discipline, about my fasting, uh, abstaining. And it's like, well, remember, Wednesdays and Fridays are the traditional or apostolic days of penance. Wednesday, because that was the day Jesus was betrayed. Uh, Friday, it's because the day that Jesus was put to death. So Thursday, you have the Last Supper, the first Mass. After the Last Supper, then the Lord Jesus enters into the agony in the garden, And while we are not there in time 2,000 years ago, we can make that nocturnal hour of adoration or hour of reparation before the Sacred Heart in our homes. Mm. Uh, We don't have to, you know, venture far away, but we can do that inside our own home, in that room, or in that place. You know, in many many homes, like the rector where I live, the, the Lord's Sacred Heart is found in many different rooms. But to kind Mine of keep too, vigil, Father. you and I, we're kindred spirits, you know? We just, why have one when you can have many? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, to have that holy, hour. A lot of holy reminders. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth. See something holy? Think something holy. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you're so right to make a, an hour, a designated, set-apart, consecrated hour of mm. prayer in the home. And mm. to allow your eyes to fall upon the heart of Jesus in that picture of the Sacred Heart or that statue or relief of the Sacred Heart, realizing that what you see in the image of the Sacred Heart is a visual reminder or depiction 
of the reality that dwells in the tabernacle of your church. You know, the heart of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist is the heart of Jesus that you see in that image, in that image of the Sacred Heart. And boy, this time, this time of isolation and really not being able to go into our churches and receive our Lord's Sacrament, it just is really the hunger. It's true. Yeah. It is just, Very I, true. I, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, there'll be a huge resurgence and renewal of that love. But it's like, you just, you just can't wait to get <laughs> back. I know. Chuck and Joanne, it's hard to believe we've, we're just, uh, just shy of a full hour. So, uh, you know, what's the, what's that last thought that comes to your mind through your heart, you know, comes to your heart that you want to throw out to our listeners as we bring to a close hour? What I want to throw out is reach out to a friend or reach out to someone, make a phone call to someone who, you know, is maybe alone or someone you haven't connected with in a long time. Use this also as a way to give love, give the love of the Sacred Heart to others. And um, that's what I've been trying to do, and it's been a beautiful experience, and uh, I just really encourage that. And I think for mine would be persevere. Mm. Just get through each day, and the way to do it is start the day with streaming live, the Mass, and then continue uh, with divine mercy and then getting in that routine of the rosary. That's a good one. And, you know, with the family, this is a great time to say this is the most important mm. thing, as we have all been quarantined, that we can do as a family during these times. So persevere. Oh, that's a good check. Thank well, you. to all of you who have joined us for this hour, I just invite <laughs> you to remember that even though we have to be apart from one another, we are still invited to be united to the Lord's mm. sacred heart. And so we close by turning to Jesus, most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew our consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. We ask you to be our king forever, for in you we have full and entire confidence. May your Holy Spirit Penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. And grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.